Hashtag SAFM Headspace. Six minutes after 11. Thank you very much, Zolega. Travel safely and please get yourself a nice fancy mask and keep safe. See you tomorrow. Well, we continue with our coverage and, well, now we're talking about the South African National Defense Force deployment ending. Well, this month we'll see the South African National Defense Force deployment to the Cape Flats come to an end, a multi-million rand project at the expense of the very same people who needed safety can sadly only be reduced to be a failure. Is that true? Do you imagine that their deployment was a failure or is a failure? Well, the questions begged to be answered that you justify the investment is, well, how many gangsters were arrested? Well, these are the questions that are a legitimate set of questions to be answered. We do have Angus McKenzie. Mr. McKenzie is Ward 50 Bontayeva Council and Transport Portfolio Chair. Good evening to you, Angus, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening. I'm uh, blessed to have the last hour of the day with you. It's an awesome feeling. Thank you very much. You're ever so kind to me, <laughs> Angus. I don't know why. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Let's, no let's, let's, let's talk about what you guys are doing now. Are you happy, first and foremost, with the end and the conclusion of the military deployment in the Western Cape? Look, I think... I don't think we're happy with the end of the deployment. I think that generally across the Western Cape, the numbers of gang-related deaths have not dipped at all. What I think is of of huge concern to us is that the problem in identifying gangsters and gang-related activities is actually deeper than what many of us actually realized. You must remember when these operations took place in the uh, city of Cape Town and, 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 and the broader city, uh, the Western Cape, all these operations are operated and controlled and managed by the South African police services. So the army doesn't go to an area on their own and do operations. They are led by SAPs. And SAPs will then take them to an area and take them to the known houses, take them to the places, etc. And what transpired, I think, last weekend in a community in Cape Town was an, 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 an a resident quoted one of the army officials where the army officials said, this has been one of the worst operations they've ever been part of. They've not been able to find one firearm, one gangster, yeah. or even one gram of drugs. And so the, the, the challenge that we sit with is the lack of crime intelligence. It is the, um, the fact that a number of police officers are effectively linked into gangsters and being paid off by gangsters, which has made the fight against gangsterism just so much more difficult. And so before we even start worrying about the criminal justice system that's problematic in terms of parolees, in terms of the prosecution rate, which sadly only sits on 3% of gang-related mergers, which tells you that 97% of people walk free within 12 hours of being arrested, we actually seriously need to have a complete overhaul of what is happening in the South African police services and the connections that police officers have to gangsters, the tipping off of information, because it cannot be that you can go into an area uh, that is known for gang violence, that is known for shootings, that is known for drug dealing, and you can't find anything in a six-hour operation with 300 uh, personnel um, going into that area. So that is the challenge. That is the concern. 
Um, so no, we're not happy that it has ended. Effect uh, has ended. I think what it's shown us is that our problems are just so much deeper. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we'll come back and talk about now the people in Bontiyevo, how they have responded, or what are they saying now that this deployment of military is coming to an end. Stand by. Across South Africa, online and on radio, SAFM. Let's talk. We're in conversation with our guest, Angus McKenzie. He is Ward 50 Bontiyevel Councillor and Transport Portfolio Chair talking to us about the response and, well, what is to happen now that we're seeing the boots on the ground moved. And, well, if you're one of those people who would like to join in the conversations, uh, the lines are open. Oh, did I forget? Seems like I did. Well, we have new numbers for you to use to call us through um, uh, these numbers, write them down, save them on your phone. 011-482-1510. Again, 011-482-1510. Second number you can use is 011-482-9216. Do it again. 011-482-9216. All right, Angus, do tell us now, what do the people on the ground say? What is their reaction, response uh, to the withdrawal of the boots on the ground? Look, so as you mentioned just before you went on the break, let's speak about Bontyville. So Bontyville has surprisingly been a very different situation to um, much of what's happening on the Cape Flats. What happened in Bontyville a few months before the launch of the SNDF or the deployment of the SNDF into the Cape Flats areas, we launched, the city of Cape Town launched what was known as the Neighborhood Safety Team, which was 100 uh, law enforcement officers, which were or, or, or city law enforcement officers, which were deployed to the area for permanent, permanent sort of visible policing in the area. What transpired through that deployment is that we've been able to reduce the gang murder rate in the Bontyville area by close to about 60% year on year. The trick behind it is that these law enforcement officers were not from the area, so they were automatically uh, were placed into a situation where they were forced to build the relationships with the community and in uh, delivering on what they were uh, trying to do, the community responded by building relationships with them. And so what we ended up having was something called a basic uh, tip-off line. We called it the the Triangle Project, which I was the one corner, the um, law enforcement the other, and the community the other. And the community would give me tip-offs of information, where drugs were being sold, when gang shootings were happening, who the shooters are, etc. And I would automatically pass those tip-offs on to our law enforcement team who were in the area, because now you had 100 officers roaming a five-kilometer radius area permanently, so they were right there. And these officers could respond immediately, make the necessary arrest, do what they needed to do. And so the informant who then sees the quick response of the officers and the action taken by these officers starts sharing with her neighbors and her friends and her family in the area that this system works, that these law enforcement officers system works. Just uh, about two hours ago, before we went online, we had some cable theft taking place. A resident contacted me to say um, they are busy stealing railway cables right now. 
we sent out the team and we were able to make arrests and confiscate the, the stolen cables. So the, what I'm effectively saying to you is that the trick and the solution to fighting gang violence and the gang murder rate and to bring an end to the war is to have visible policing consistently on the ground where a community is able to trust those officers and not feel that when they're passing on information to law enforcement agencies that they will become the subject of that uh, that information. And so what the city of Cape Town has effectively done and through the... Um, Premier of the Western Cape and his advancement plan, we've been able to now deploy 500 additional officers into five other areas. So we have five other areas with 100 other officers in working on basically the same methodology that we've had in Bonneville over the last year and, and, and trying to replicate that success. And that tells you that having roaming uh, uh, operations in areas done by the South African Police Services and the SANDF doesn't work because once those army officials leave, once the police leaves, the gang violence continues, the shooting continues, the robbing of people continues. What you do need is you need visible policing, you need boots on the ground on a daily basis where these officers are not inclined just to stop gangsterism. But their main priority is building a relationship with that community to ensure that gangsters know that if they are going to step out of line, they will be dealt with immediately by these law enforcement officers. So that's what we've been able to do in Bonteville, and that's been our success in Bonteville. We've rolled this thing out into uh, five other areas. I think Kailicha is one of those areas. Hanover Park is one of those areas. I'm just not too sure about the other three. But we've rolled that out now, and there will be an additional 500 officers, law enforcement officers trained over the next few months to roll it out even further. But, you see... The challenge that, that, that my officers had in the Bonneville area was we arrested up to about 40 people per month uh, for gang-related uh, um, charges. As soon as we took those people to the South African police uh, services where they need to be booked and charged and taken in, within 12 hours, like I say, 97% of those people are walking past that same law enforcement officer that arrested him 12 hours ago. So it's extremely demoralizing that the system does not work for communities. But these officers are young, they're energetic. It's the first time they've got this huge responsibility. So they keep pushing. And so the army deployment has, in, in, in effect, in Bonteville been irrelevant because, like I was telling your producer, I think the army's been to Bonteville five times only in the complete uh, deployment of, of them being in the Western Cape. They've been to Bonteville about five times, of which three of those five times I've actually been with them on the road. Um, what does work and what we've proven is, is a workable solution is to get uh, um, uh, policing numbers right up again. So if you look at the 4,500 policemen that's been removed from the Western Cape over a period of time, bring those 4,500 policemen back into the Western Cape, deploy them to areas, not to sit in vans, but to actually walk the streets, to talk to communities, to rebuild that trust. And once you build trust with communities and once you, you get that connection right, the, 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 the people themselves will tell you who the gangsters are. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about those people when they trust. Yeah. I'm worried about what you said at the beginning that this these operations were led by the police, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, according to you, they were fruitless because yeah. the police, some police, were in cahoots with the gangsters. Did I hear you correctly? Look, if you come down to the streets, and yes, you did hear me correctly. If you come down to the streets. 
communities will tell you, and they will name policemen by name that are involved with gangsters. They will name them by absolute name. Then It's not a far-fetched thought or, or I understand. Sort of I understand. Dream. I understand. So uh, help us understand also then, if it is the very same police that are untrustworthy, what efficacy will it bring to add the very same police and how did you manage to eradicate what you have with the police if they are the very poison so so the i think um, to, to put it into perspective you have the south african police services they yeah. are an organization on their own the city of cape town is a municipality that has uh, law enforcement officers that are generally there to um, ensure that bylaws are not broken. So these are the things where the dog is barking or illegal dumping is taking place, etc. We've been able to train law enforcement officers to do the, to, 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 to deal with gang violence. All right. So these law enforcement officers are not policemen, they are law enforcement officers. And that's the difference in this. So these law enforcement officers report directly into the city of Cape Town. They do not report into South African police services and they do not report to the National Minister of Police. What uh-huh. we did was uh, they are, these were all new recruits that came into the, in, into the city that, that were trained up. Uh, they were given all the necessary firearm training. Uh, all the training that is needed to be given, they were given, and they were sent into the area. One of my big uh, requests when, before this happened was to say, I want to ensure that each and every single one of these hundred officers that are coming in, not one of them come from this very area. All right. So, for instance, so we have a hundred officers that don't come from Bonteville working in the Bonteville area. Then we had, I had weekly meetings with this team, and they worked in teams so that we could know exactly if there was any issues taking place where these officers were maybe hanging out with people they shouldn't hang out while they're supposed to be working, etc. So the management of, of of these officers were critical. How they operated was critical. Having constant feedback and relations with them was extremely critical. But I think what we must highlight is that there was a, there's a distinct difference between the South African police services and law enforcement uh, municip- municipal policing as such. Yeah, uh, I was curious to know if you would call that policing and you just called it just that policing. Who, uh, these law enforcement officers, uh, are they also constituted in terms of the Police Act? So they are con- they 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 are con- they 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 weren't they are now constituted in terms of the policing act because they receive all the necessary training they carry firearms with it and they have the power to arrest. That's the, the that's the important part. They don't have the power to prosecute. They don't have the power to investigate. They have the power to arrest. So they will arrest an individual. The South African Police Services needs to book and charge those individuals, and that is part of where the problem also sits. So we don't have the, the, the municipal, the, the municipal, the municipality does not have detective services. So we, we can't uh, investigate the crime that that, that, that these individuals uh, have been arrested for. So we arrest them. We ensure we have visible policing in areas so, so gangsters know not to come out and do the things that they want to do because either in that road or the very next road, there are about 20 officers walking. You know, they, they're in, in the area. But if it does happen that they respond to action, they are able to arrest those individuals and then take them through to the nearest police station where they must be charged and booked. So uh, let, let me get this straight. So you you have 
police officers that are not police officers but carry guns and arrest like police officers? Yeah, look, I think let's not let's not get it too confused here. You have municipal police. Um, I think up in Joburg they would be called uh, Metro Police or even JMPD. Yes, correct. So they are they report in Joburg straight to the municipality to the Joburg municipality. Yes. Right? They have the ability to write fines. They implement bylaws. They do traffic violations, etc. Right? Our guy, we have the very same system in the city of Cape Town, where our municipal police, our municipal law enforcement officers, and our municipal policing services have the very same responsibilities. But what we've been able to do was to say, this is a community that is suffering from no policing. When there is policing, it's extremely bad. Poor policing. How does the municipality look at options and ways to ensure that there is safety in these communities? And so, what you'll find wherever we've gone further to roll this program out, and the program is called LEAP, it's the Law Enforcement Advanced Program. Yeah. Wherever we've gone out further to, to 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 deploy these officers out into into the broader Cape Town area, is 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 is, is, is where air, is where policing is extremely poor, where numbers are extremely low in terms of police resources, and it's sort of seen as a supplement to um, to keeping communities safe. And and I think the, the, the other important factor to look at it is that the area of Bonneville did not have a police station of its own. It has 85,000 residents attached to it, but it is serviced from another police station in another area. So we ended up having something like two policemen per shift in an area of 85,000 people. So the need existed for the city uh, to, to come up with a solution to try and find ways to keep the, uh, places like Bonneville and some of the other areas safer as well. All right, all right. Um, well, we're in conversation with our guest for the segment, Angus McKenzie, his uh, Ward 50 Bonneville Councillor and Transport Portfolio Chair, talking to us on the subject of the boots on the ground, no longer on the ground, at least not in where they were d- deployed last year. Well, many people have been talking about this, and I found it rather interesting that uh, we are not talking about the substitute, which is the law enforcement, well, officers are very interesting and we will keep an eye on that project there, there, Angus. Now, do tell, uh, when we are talking about the results there, how do you know that these results are due to the law enforcement officers? So we know that we, we know that this is also due to them because we've been able to. So I can tell you that in I think we're in 2020 now. So in 2018, we had 96 or 2017 or 18, we had 96 gang related murders. The very next year, we had uh, 94 gang related murders. Three months into the start of the law enforcement, uh, of our law enforcement deployment, law enforcement officer deployment into Bonneville, we had zero murders. Now, the reason we had zero murders was because these officers walked the streets. They were not in a police van. They were visible. They, we built up a, a, a the triangle project project where people started giving us tip-offs. What, we, what then transpired throughout that year was that the visibility increased, the relationship with the community increased, and we saw a, the, the sharp decline by close to 60% reduction in gang-related murders in the area. Now, 
the first respondents to any cases, the critical responder. And what we found that when 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 gun 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 shooting uh, guns uh, gunshots were going off and shootings were taking place, the first responders were in fact the law enforcement team. Why? Because they were in the area when it, when, when it took place. They didn't. They, 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 we did not need to wait for saps to come from the other area into the area. These officers were literally a minute or two away from whatever action was taking place in the area. So it's very easy. It's actually not that difficult to comprehend and to understand that when you have high, heightened levels of visible policing, where you have Bobby on the beat sort of thing, the, the, the concept which was started in, 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 in London, where officers walked the streets, you would see a reduction in, 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 in crime. And we've been able to experience that. And so th- that same project, that same program is what we will be replicating throughout other areas now with, uh, with, with the, and I think the Premier gave one billion rand of, 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 of the province's budget towards this program, LEAP, it's called. So we, we, we really, we, we, we committed to making our, 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 our community safer. We understand the shortcoming of the South African police services, not that we accept the fact of it, but we understand the fact that it is that way. But we can't wait for them to rectify it and see more and more people die. So these officers are doing an amazing job. They're putting their lives on the line. And But most importantly, at least communities have a law enforcement agent that they are able to trust and talk to. All right, I want to take a few calls for you now. I'm going to let you go, Angus. Let's go to Vuyo. Vuyo is in Cape Town. Good evening, Vuyo. Hello, Mr. Naya. Bye. Uh, how are you? I'm all right, sir. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Mm. Um, I would like to greet also to the official there. Um, I would like to appreciate their effort. I'm here in Cape Town. The problem of trust prostitution and uh, gangsterism. It's not uh, uh, a hearsay. Are you you on speaker? Yes. No, I'm not on on speaker. I'm I'm driving. I'm using the uh, the Bluetooth. Yeah. May I kindly request that you put us off Bluetooth and and, and bring your handset close to you? Okay. Yeah, you can uh, just park on the side of the road so that you don't drive and talk on the phone at the same time. Uh, just make sure, just make sure you're stopping in a safe. Place. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a very important part. <laughs> if you're in Cape Town, make sure you park. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Are you in a safe place there, Vuyo? Yeah, I would. I would. That's fine. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Vuyo. Go ahead. Yes, I would like to appreciate the the, the city of Cape Town uh, efforts to try to save our communities in Cape Town. Uh, the problem of drugs and the prostitution and uh, gangsterism is not a hearsay, it's a visible evidence mm. of a crime that is happening every day, which is tormenting the communities of the Western Cape or in South Africa at large. Uh, but um, uh, I feel sorry for them, for their efforts that are not taken serious by the national police uh, service like uh, SARS. Um, I don't know if maybe in our constitution can be that uh, maybe a private policing whereby when we don't find a help from the a national police or SARS, then we can go for an alternative of calling the 
a private policy to help the communities because really the crime is getting out of hand. When you say like private policing, fire. you mean people being detained by private citizens? Come again? When you say private policing, you mean people being detained in private prisons and private yeah, jails yes. and charged not, by private not like, people? Not like private pri- prison. Like, for instance, there is a private prosecution. So if the case is not handling well by the uh, subs, it can be, if can be a, a private policy that okay. can take over the case and take it to the prosecution. Okay. And private prosecute and take it to the court. All right. All right. Got it. All right. Thank okay. you very much, Vui. Appreciate your call. Magdalene's in Bloemfontein. Good evening, Magdalene. Let me just support your talk with Mr. Mackenzie. It's very much highly initiative action. Why do I say that? Uh, there are people who will say enough is enough. We are tired of gangsterism. We are tired of all the actions that have been happening. The point is that here in Newfoundland, we experienced the same of gangsterism and child trafficking. You understand that a child of 14 years being trafficked around Bluefontaine for sexual abuse is not good. So a community in Bluefontaine started that thing since last year to stop the whole action. But they went to the mayors, they went to the premiers. Nobody is trying to put them as, as a recognized body. Instead, they keep on promising that they will do something. No, like the first caller said, something has to be done, definitely. We need to do something because our communities are saying enough is enough. They call themselves Yanyatsoti. I'm sorry to say that. It means enough is enough with Soti. And that helps a lot. So, Mr. McKenzie, you are doing a good job. So I wish even our premier in Free State and the mayor in Mangaung can recognize these people. You have already initiated this thing around Newfoundland to stop crime by all means. So you are doing a good job. Thank you. All right, thank, thank you very you. much, Magdalene. Would you like to respond to both of our callers there, Mr. McKenzie? So, cool, yeah. So just to start at the, at the tail end, thank you very much, my dear. And I think you, uh, we need to work together um, to, to achieve what we need to achieve. But I think there's just three quick points that I want to make. The first thing that we need to remember is that safety and security constitutionally is a SAPS competency, all right? And we have done what we have done because we cannot allow uh, our communities to suffer further the way they are. But the evident responsibility for keeping communities safe sits with the South African police services and policing uh, and police officers. The second point I want to make, and, and, and I think I picked it up uh, with the prostitution and the drug issue, is that a lot of people will say to fight gangsterism, you need to fix the social ills. The reality is that in a time of war, you can't have social interventions. You need to get to the end of the war. You need to stop the war. You need to put the brakes on things solidly, and then you can start social interventions. And so what we've been able to do is we are now in the process of stopping, of stopping this war and, and, and hoping that we achieve it throughout the city of Cape Town and not just places like Bondiville. But I think the last point is most important. If you look at all the major cities in the world, London, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Hong Kong, etc., these cities 
have the same issues that the city of Cape Town and many and, and, and cities in South Africa face of gangsterism due to poverty, due to drug abuse, because drugs fuel gangsterism. But what these cities did very strategically a, a while back was they devolved the power of policing to the lowest form of government in that in, in, in that country. So for an example, you have the London police, you have the London Metropole Police Services, you have the Chicago Police, you have the New York Police. So policing is managed at, at, at almost one, 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 one could say at local level, so that your deployment, that your management, that your uh, oversight over policing is just so much stronger and your ability to deploy policing to where it is needed is so much quicker and you don't need to do an application to Pretoria who doesn't even know what is going on on the ground in your, in, 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 in your communities. So we've called for provincial policing. We've called that the powers of policing be devolved to provinces. The the government has kicked against the car. They've done everything in their power not to do it. And they've actually made it clear that they're not interested to do it. What we've now been forced to do, and, 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 and it's one of those uh, forcing that we've actually appreciated, was to take law, our, 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 our municipal policing services, our law enforcement officers, our metro police, our traffic services, equip them train them and get them out onto the road, not just to, not just to deal with bylaws of, 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 um, of dumping and dogs barking, but to actually deal with the real issues that are happening in our communities. We will continue on this, and, 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 and the national minister is not happy with it. The national minister called the other day for all those people that are involved with these programs to be arrested, etc., etc., etc. So he, he's made it clear that he's not happy with it, but at least it is working in our communities. We are changing our communities, and we are giving people a safer environment to operate in. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Angus, for coming through and talking to us. All the best, you guys. Um, we want all that you can do. After all, this is part of the country we would love to go to without fear or favor. Thank you very much, Angus. Have a wonderful evening and God bless. Right back at you. So thank you very much for the blessing.